with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. This morning we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. You know, uh, sometimes we forget who we are. Sometimes we forget where we are, right? Sometimes, and as a, as a pastor, it, that brings with it its own unique set of, I don't know, responsibilities or things like that. I remember one time, uh, it wasn't not too long ago because anyway, Marcus, my son Marcus, he does martial arts and he was in a uh, karate tournament and he uh, knocked a kid out, right? With a kick. And, and any of y'all see that video? If you want to see the video, holler at me later. I'll be glad to show it to you. I've got the video and then I've got the slow-mo version. I'll show you the slow-mo so you really get the... But what ha- it was really scary because what happened was this. It was in a tournament and it was for the first place trophy in this tournament. Marcus had made it at that point and there was this kid and it was Marcus. And then Marcus set him up and kicked this kid upside the head right here. And it said, Pah! I mean, it sounded like, like a gunshot went off in that room because it was the pads on the feet and the pad, you know, everything just made that perfect noise. Pow! And that kid dropped like a bag of potatoes. I mean, that was it. He was done. Right? Mark, pow! And so he goes down, and I'm like, oh! And you can see me on the video. I'll go, oh! It just, and so because I'm worried about the kid at first, right? I'm like, he just killed this kid right here in this karate tournament. You're right. I always thought of my son as more Daniel LaRusso. As it turns out, he's the blonde-haired bad guy in Karate Kid, okay? And so he kicked the kid. Pow! He drops, and I'm like, oh! And then I'm like, I hope that kid's okay, right? And then I look, and he looked like he was okay. He was, you know, little Tweety Birds flying around his head. He looked okay, though. And then my next reaction was like, that was awesome. That was so awesome. I loved it, and I wanted to see a replay right then. You know, da-na-na, da-na-na. Let me watch this because it's so awesome. And that's what I'm thinking, right? But on the outside, I'm trying to be the calm parent and be, you know, be respectful. And then the reason why Marcus isn't Daniel LaRusso in the credit kid is because then they disqualified him. <laughs> and then the kid that he knocked out got the first place trophy, which I'm sure he loves waking up every day seeing that sitting there going, that's from the time that I got knocked out by the mean guy from Karate Kid. And so uh, they DQ, they shouldn't have disqualified. Let me just say that there. I mean, it was just, it was just, you know, you know, poor kid. And so, and then Marcus, he's so sweet. He's really not the bad guy from Karate Kid. But he, Marcus was so sweet. And so I'm trying to keep all this in. There were people from Chester County that were like this area over here that were there. I think we had a couple of church members that were there as well for this tournament. It was over in Gibson County. And there were some people that we knew. And so I'm just trying to be... You know, I didn't want to celebrate too. I just loved that kick. It was just awesome. Poor kid, right? But it was awesome. So I'm trying to, and then Marcus gets disqualified. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so, but I'm trying to be mature because when I'm at home and somebody gets knocked out on the TV, what do I do? Oh, right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. But when it's, you know, again, I didn't want the kid to be hurt and all of that stuff. And then I was trying to maintain my dignity walking out of there as my son has been kicked out of the karate tournament because he's mean. Amen. And so when I talked to Marcus, the first thing that Marcus says is this. I'm like, dude, you? I said, you know, he looked really upset. I said, you okay? And he, Marcus, he was like, I just hope this doesn't discourage the kid from doing karate. Like that's what, it was the only thing. He goes, I hope that because this happened that he doesn't give up you know, and that he wants to keep doing stuff. And he said, I just feel really bad about it. He didn't do anything wrong, but he felt really bad about it. And I was like, wow, that's such a mature way to think about it. Because I was just thinking, wasn't that awesome when you knocked that kid out? 
Sometimes we forget who we are. Does that make sense? Right? We get excited, we forget who we are. And when we forget who we are, sometimes we don't know what to do, right? We have to be reminded of who we are sometimes and who we represent. When you know who you are, you know exactly what to do. Often, the problem for so many believers, though, let me bring this back to us, is we don't really know who we are in Christ. And because we don't know who we are, often we don't know what to do and how to act and how to react. Right? As believers, we need to be reminded that you are filled with the same Holy Spirit, the resurrected Christ from the dead, that you have access to the very throne room of God, and you have the authority to use the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of talk about this. But this morning, what I want you to see is the reality that you are an ambassador for Christ. You represent. You represent. You are an ambassador for Christ. Now, what have we been talking about the last several weeks? Let's tie all this together. We talked about having enough faith for the future, right? That even though things may look bad right now, that I could be optimistic about the future because my God holds the future in his hands. And he's going to work everything out eventually and all in all in eternity. So I've got faith for the future. I've also got to have enough faith to forgive others because my God says that as a believer, I'm to be a forgiving person. And then also we talked about how some of us, not that God has ever done anything wrong or that uh, has ever sinned, but some of us need to learn how to forgive God, to reconcile with God. That often when things don't go the way we think they ought to go, we begin to build up a grudge against God and we allow space and separation between us and our good God. And then we talked last week about how we need to have enough faith, right, to even forgive our And that brings us to this week as we talk about the fact that we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Look in your Bible at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? Say it, church. New creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're in Christ, you've turned from your sins, you've trusted him, you are a new creation. Look at this next slide. New creations have new purposes. New creations have new purposes. The old, the filth, the junk, the sin, the baggage, the guilt, the shame, gone. Should be done. All your sins have been forgiven. You're a new creation. God didn't make you a new creation for your old purposes. He made you a new creation for his new purposes for your life. Look at verse 19. Go down to it. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, and has committed to us, committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are, what's the word, church? Ambassadors. Come on. For Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled uh, to God. We're going to do that this morning. When you know who you are, you'll know what you're supposed to do. You'll know how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to respond. I remember this other time. I just want to tell you all this story. I remember this one time. Um, when we, I was pastor of Smyrna Baptist Church over in Middle Tennessee, and in our neighborhood, there's these three kids, and they're going, they're going around, they're knocking on doors and running. Knocking. Raise your hand if you've ever knocked on a door and took off running. I just want to, want to make sure. Okay, everybody's living right. Most of you. Some of you are lying. I can tell by the smile. You didn't raise your hand, but you're smiling at me like, hey, hey, hey. Listen to me. I'm from Bemis. I'm pretty sure we invented it, okay? And so we would do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That, just was, that was just walking down the street for me. I'm going to hit a door and run. It's fun. I mean, isn't it fun? Can we admit it's fun? I don't know what's so fun about it, 
but it's a good, good time. Now, all of you kids, you should never do that. Because you might come across a house like mine. So here I am. I feel like I'm a world champion veteran, right? Knocking on doors and running. And I've got some kids in my neighborhood. They've started knocking on my door. The Reverend Marcus D. Wayne Kelly. Knocking on my door. And they'd come around about the same time, about every Friday night. Boom, boom, boom. they gone. Boom, boom, boom. Gone. So finally I had enough, and I, I thought it was so much fun, I decided to catch them. So what I did was I got out there in Alicia's Jeep. Right? I knew about what time they were coming, what night they were coming, and I let the seat all the way down. We didn't park, she didn't park under the carport. I let it all the way down. She's got those nice tinted windows. I laid the seat back, and I just sat there, like listened to something on my phone. Da, da, da. And here, here they come, three boys. Oh, do, 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 do. And they're coming, they're coming. You can tell they're all creeping like three little ninjas. And, and, so, and then the one kid goes up to the door, and he hits it. And they take off running. As soon as he hit the door, I bust out of the Jeep, and I said this, Come here, boy! <laughs> I mean, ah! And those kids said, ah! And they take off running. They were probably about, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. I don't know how old they were. And they, boom, three different directions. And so I take out after them. And so what I did was, I'm smart, I picked the chubby kid. And so I'm chasing the chubby kid down because I figured I could get him. The other kid, he was pretty... Right? And so, and so I'm running, and I'm laughing. Or you ever try to run really hard and laugh? It's like you're, you're dying. And so I'm running, I'm chasing the kid, and he's running. He is screaming for help. <laughs> screaming for help. And he's running. The boy came out of his shoes. <laughs> his pants are falling. And I'm like, and I can't ask the guy, I'm like, where are you going, boy? And I'm laughing, and he's like, ah! And now I done caught a kid. <laughs> now, Unlike you, I'm sure you think everything through. I never thought about what to do once I caught a kid. I kind of forgot who I was there for a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I went back and showed Alicia, Alicia, I caught a kid. And so I, anyway, a long story, what I did was the Bill Dance program, catch and release. <laughs> catch and release. Guess who never got knocked on again the rest of the time we lived there? Yours truly. It was a lot of fun. But I was standing in the middle of that parking lot that was over there holding a kid, I realized for a second, Marcus, you don't forget who you are, <laughs> and now you don't know what to do, right? Scared the life out of him. So what do you do, right, to remember who you are in Christ? Take some notes this morning. Write this down. It has nothing to do with knocking on doors. You're sent by God with a message for the world. You need to remember that as an ambassador for Christ, you are sent by God with a message for the world. You're an ambassador. Now, what's an ambassador? An ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat that's sent to a country to represent their home country. That's what an ambassador is. For instance, if I become the ambassador of the United States to Germany, right, that when I go to Germany, I'm the highest ranking uh, diplomat to Germany and I represent my home country, right? I represent my home government to another country. The same is true for you. You are the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to earth. Earth is not your home. Heaven is your home. And you're sent to represent the kingdom of God. You represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and you no longer just represent yourself. You are an ambassador. That's who you are. When you know who you are, you're going to know what to do. Now, if you ask your friends and family, they may not think that you're an ambassador or that you look like one. I'm not sure that I look like one when I had that poor child in my hands for knocking on my door. But it doesn't matter. Number two, write this down. Because you were appointed by God and you were not appointed by people. 
People didn't make you an ambassador. They can't take it away. Right? You weren't appointed by man. You were appointed by God. As Christ's ambassador, you weren't elected. You were chosen and appointed by God. It doesn't matter what they think. Look in your notes at John chapter 15, verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, Jesus said. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Then down in John 15, verse 19, it says, if you are of the world, the world will love its own. Yeah, because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. You were chosen by God to bear fruit, to represent him, to be an ambassador. Maybe in this morning, like we all should feel at different times, maybe you don't feel good enough. You don't feel like you measure up to be an ambassador. You know, know, just whatever. It doesn't change the reality. You're an ambassador. You may be a really bad ambassador, but you're an ambassador, right? You have a mission from God. And what happens is when you internalize that, you don't just intellectualize it. Right? It gets from your head down to your heart that you're an ambassador of, uh, of God. It will change the way you live your life. We talk about them all the time, but think about the Apostle Paul's life. The Apostle Paul and the church was not going to uh, pick Paul out and call him an ambassador for God. Right? If you know his past, right? Uh, he, he wrote most of your New Testament, but before that, he was literally murdering and persecuting Christians for their faith. And God one day said, well, I've had enough of that. And so uh, Saul, before he was Paul, encountered Christ on the road to Damascus. And the brightness of the glory of God blinded Saul. It's a long story, but God told Saul, hey, go to this city. There's going to be this Christian there, Ananias, and he's going to talk with you, tell you what to do. And at the same time, God was talking to Ananias and saying, hey, I've got Saul from Tarsus is coming. I've got Saul coming, and I want you to talk to him. And Ananias is like, whoa, 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 whoa. This Saul dude, I've heard about him. If I go find Saul, Saul's going to kill me, right? That's what he does. He kills Christians. He's going to take me out. But God's like, he's different. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 15 in your notes. This is what God said to Ananias. He said, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. God said, he is my ambassador. When you trust Christ, you're God's chosen instrument to represent him. You're to represent him to the people you work with. You're to represent him to the people that you live with. You're to represent him to the people that you play with. You're to represent him uh, to the people that you go to school with. In fact, knowing that I am God's ambassador helps me personally in the ministry. I mean, it helps me greatly when I'm reminded of this. Because I know that I'm not the greatest preacher in the world. Right? And so you don't have to talk about it at lunch. I know. Okay? I know that I'm not the greatest theologian in the world. Okay? I know that I'm not the, I'm well aware I'm not the greatest pastor in the world. Again, you don't have to talk about it at lunch. It's cool. It's cool. But God has appointed me and he has chosen me. And I take confidence in that and not in my abilities. Right? And you can too. You are God's chosen instrument with a message. It says a reconciliation. Church, what are you going to leave here with this week, this Sunday? What are you going to leave with? Are you going to leave with a message of reconciliation? Or are you going to leave with a message of division? When you go to work Monday, or do you have a message of reconciliation? Or do you have a message of uh, division and negativity and ugliness and sinfulness? Right? What is your message? How are you representing your good God? When you believe that you're an ambassador sent from God to the world with a message, it will change your message. And remember, number three, here's the reason. You represent God. You represent God. 
You represent God and not yourself. You represent God. You never, you're not representing yourself anymore. See, we, we often like to make it about ourselves. If I'm an ambassador to Germany from the United States, when I'm in Germany, I'm not, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm not pushing my agenda, right? My values, my ideas. I represent what? The government that sent me. And as a believer here on earth, as an ambassador of God, when I'm here, I'm not pushing my agenda, my values, my ideals necessarily. I'm representing, look at this next slide. You represent the government of the kingdom of God. You represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus was the ultimate ambassador. He's our example. Look at John 6 verse 38. He says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I'm here to represent him. And if he is yours, you are here to represent him and everything that I do. Can I tell you a little secret of mine? I was talking about this to uh, Jennifer this week, uh, but I love it when people don't know that I'm a preacher. Man, I love it when people don't know that I'm a pastor. I mean, I just do. I mean, I don't like hide it from them. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of it, far from it, right? But people, before they know you're a preacher, they're a little bit more real with you. Does that make sense? They're a little bit more of their true selves, right? Let's just say they're a little bit more colorful. Colorful, let's use that word, right? They're more colorful. And then they find out that you're a pastor and they, boom, and all these walls suddenly go up and people start acting different, right? But I always love that in-between time before I reveal it or it comes out or whatever. And what happens is, is people kind of raise the standard, Right? They kind of act different. I, matter of fact, I, I know y'all probably don't believe this. I, every once in a while, I'll go get this beard trimmed, right? I pay somebody to make this mess. And so, and so what happens is, uh, one time, it's not where I go now, uh, but before that, because this is, uh, it was another place and another woman at one of those man-type places, you know? And so um, she was going to show my beard. It was the first time I was ever there. And she was like, hey, where do you work? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, well, actually, I'm the pastor of Grace Baptist Church over towards, over towards Henderson. Oh, okay. And now we'd been talking fine up to that point. And then all of a sudden, long pregnant pause, right? It's just like, you know, they, they'd offer me, when I come in the door, these man-type uh, establishments, they always offer you something to drink when you go in there. Now, if you go, you know, hey, you want something to drink? You want a beer? You want a coat? You want something, you know? And then she, and then she would sit there for a minute. And she goes, hey, we got water, too. <laughs> and so, oh, okay. But then every time any of the other people that worked there would get within a certain radius, she would introduce me to them, which seems odd. I've been, I, believe it or not, I've got my hair cut before. I've got my beard trimmed before. Here's what she would say, though. She's over there working on me, and somebody would come around. She goes, hey, Sheila, this is Marcus. He's the pastor at Grace Baptist. Yep. And then Sheila's basically like, message received, right? <laughs> We've all got to stop cussing. We've all got to start acting right. And that stinks. I don't enjoy that. Does that make sense? Everybody's just acting weird. It's like the, the standard just goes up, you know, uh, automatically, right? And we know that people expect a higher standard from pastors. I don't know why, uh, but people do. They expect a higher standard from pastors. Uh, people often ask me about Christians drinking alcohol, right? How, a preacher, should a Christian drink alcohol? How much alcohol should a Christian drink? The exact amount that you think your pastor should drink. That much. Put it in the glass, drink that. Right? 
But for some reason, right, whenever the, the pastor thing comes up, walls come up, standards come up. Now, people, I'm not, I should not be lowering my standards. I'm not saying I should be brought to a lower standard. I'm saying if you're a Christian, you're a Christ ambassador, you should be at a higher standard because Christ has called you to be his ambassador. You're a representative of Christ just like I am. And, and listen, I am no more higher than you in Christian hierarchy than anything. Right? Don't pull me down to a lower standard, but you need to meet that higher standard that you know God is calling you to. And where you're aware, I represent Christ in everything I do. And when that gets from your head to your heart, it'll change your life. When you believe that's who you are, you'll know what to do. And when you speak with people, you'll recognize that ultimately you're speaking on behalf of God. Now, here's the problem. A lot of you, though, I'm talking about you're speaking for God, and that's a big deal. And I understand that. But here's the problem. Most often we go, well, I can't do that. I want to speak on, how do I speak on behalf of God? How could I ever speak on God's behalf? Look at this next slide. You speak in the authority that's been given to you. You speak in the authority that's been given to you. Again, think about the Apostle Paul over and over again. He's like, I'm not that good. I'm not that great. Other people are better than me. I'm the, I'm the chief sinner. I'm the sinner of sinners. But look what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. He said, for even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority which the Lord gave us for edification and not for your destruction, I shall not be ashamed. What's he saying here? He said, I'm not going to be ashamed of the authority that God has given me. And that's what you need to do. You don't need to be ashamed of using uh, the authority that God has given you. I mean, think about it. If I was to go out here on, on, in the middle of the highway and just walk out there and just tell everybody to stop. Now, some people might stop. But I've seen how most of you drive, you'd run me over. Amen? Just graveyard dead, run me over. Right? But most people, right, they would drive around me and keep going. Why? Because it's just me. I have no authority to go out here and just stop traffic. But if I was out there in a uniform with a badge and a gun, you, know, you understand? And I'm out there saying, stop, what would you do? Well, some of you run him over too. I've got news for you. I've seen you drive. But listen, what would you do? You would stop. Why? Right? Is it just because of him? No, because you know that the authority of the entire government is behind him. The one who carries the badge. Does that make sense? Right? Look at this next slide. So as a Christian, I come not in my authority, but in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of that when I preach. That I'm not preaching Marcus's word, thank God. It's the word of God. And I come in the authority of God. I mean, it's kind of like this. It's like if, one, if imagine you're in a room and your kids are in another room and they're acting up and, you, and, uh, and one of your, uh, their siblings come in there and they tell on them. And they're like, you know, you know Daddy, uh, Susie's, you know, won't stop touching me. You know how kids are. Touching me, touching me. I saw y'all's video. All right. So touching me, touching me. And so what do you say? Right? You go there and tell Susie that I said to keep her hands to herself. Now, what's that little girl going to do? She's going to go in there big time now. Uh-huh. She goes, hey, mama said, you better stop touching me. Daddy said, you better stop touching me. That's the same thing with the authority of God. That when you speak, you don't speak in your own authority. You're speaking with your heavenly daddy's authority, your heavenly father's authority. Not that you should strut it around like that, 
But you get the idea. It's not you. See, the first century believers understood that. They understood the power that was in the name of Jesus, that they had authority to use the name of Jesus. Somebody was sick. Uh, what, uh, I've got no power to heal you, but in the name of Jesus, be healed, and sick people were healed. Somebody was demon-possessed. I have no power over demons, but right in the name of Jesus, you know, come out, and demons were cast out. You need to know who you are, that you're an ambassador of Christ, appointed and called by God to represent heaven on earth, that you weren't appointed by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. And you carry with you everywhere you go the message of reconciliation, as if God was making his appeal through you to others. And that ultimately you never represent yourself, you always represent God. Because just like Paul, you can say this, look in Galatians 2 verse 20. You can say, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. When you know whose you are, then you know what to do, and you know how to act, and you know how to respond. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for this brief time that we've had together this morning. But God, I just pray in the name of Jesus, that your word will do what you are sending it out to do. Listen, guys, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Just a moment. Those of you this morning, you recognize that you're saved. And maybe in your heart, you recognize at the same time, I'm an ambassador. You know it. God's word said it. You know it. You believe it. You know that you represent Jesus. But also in your heart, there may be Something there that's telling you, the Holy Spirit's convicting you, that maybe you're not being the ambassador that God's called you to be. I'm not talking about just sinful attitudes and actions, but I'm also talking about the fact that sometimes we lose sight that we're representing God. And we get so caught up in ourselves that we stop making it about him. So what's our application prayer this morning for all of us who are believers that we know that we're saved? It's simply this. God, help me be the ambassador that you have called me to be. Is that your prayer this morning? Would you slip your hand up all over, all over, all over, all over? Why wouldn't all of us desire that? Father, I just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would make this a significant moment for us as believers. God, that we would move from head knowledge of what Scripture says to heart knowledge and begin to live that out. God, that we would be different because you have created us different. And God, that you've made us new and you've given us new purposes. God, that we represent you here. And Lord, help us to speak a message of reconciliation. Help us to represent your kingdom and your purposes and not our own. Father, help us to be exactly who you've called us to be. Now, some of you are here this morning, you don't know that you're saved, man. You don't know for sure that you've been forgiven, that you've been redeemed, right? That you've turned from your sin and that you've turned to Jesus. Look up for just a second. Look at this next verse. These verses that we've been talking about this morning. Verse 20, it says this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm imploring you on the behalf of Jesus. Not me, not Marcus, not on behalf of Scott, right? 
on the behalf of God, be reconciled to God. That's what you need. Nothing else in your life is ever going to add up. Nothing else is ever going to make sense. Nothing is ever going to click the way that it's supposed to if you've not been reconciled with God. How does God make that happen? Look at the rest of this verse. It says, for he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, the amazing thing, we talked about this last Sunday. The amazing thing about being an ambassador is you can't earn it. You don't deserve it, right? There's nothing in you. You don't measure up. You don't have what it takes. I mean, just think about most of us. If the President of the United States called you this morning and said, hey, I really, I want you to go be the ambassador of the United States to Egypt. I would bet that 99.99999% of us would go, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the experience. I don't have the knowledge. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I, 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 I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not educated enough to be the ambassador to Egypt. The same thing is true about your relationship with God. Apart from Christ, you're not good enough. You don't have enough. You don't have what it takes. You've got sin. Right? And that sin separates you from God. And so Christ took care of it. For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That when Christ went to the cross, he took our sin upon himself as our perfect sacrifice. Because we're not perfect. And when he took our sacrifice and when we receive that free gift, we become the righteousness of God in him. Does it mean that you're perfect? No. All of a sudden you're perfect? New creation, perfect creation? Absolutely not. But... You become the righteousness of God in Christ. It's based on your position in Christ. And he'll work in your life and move in your life. New creation with new purposes. Do you know him? Let's pray one more time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pray for your neighbor. Be respectful of those around you. Those of you this morning, you know that you need to be saved, man. You know that you need to repent. Turn from your sin and trust Jesus to save you. Right now is the time. God has you here for a reason. God has called you to be his ambassador here on earth. And if you know that right now is that moment for you, that you need to be saved, you need to be forgiven, every head bowed, no one's looking, just between you and the Lord. And I just want the privilege to pray with you. If you want to pray to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I, we won't call you out, single you out, pull you forward. We don't do that here at Grace. But I just want the privilege of praying with you. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you would like to pray to receive Jesus Christ right now, would you just slip your hand up for just a second? God bless you. I see you. Who else? God bless you. Who else? Okay, you can put your hands down. Why don't you just pray a prayer like this? It's, it's, it's not nothing special. It's not a password. It's not a passcode. It's not the words. It's you doing business with God in your heart right here, right now. Just be sincere and honest with God and simply confess. Say, Father God, I'm a sinner. Tell him, say, Lord, I've done stuff that I know that's wrong. But God, I turn from my sin and I'm turning to you. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell him. So, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection that you became sin for me so that I could become the righteousness of God in you. Save me, Jesus. All of me, I surrender to all of you. Save me, Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning. If you just 
prayed that prayer, if you're one of those that had their hands up, or maybe you didn't raise your hand this morning, if you prayed that prayer, you were honest and sincere and did business with God, he just saved you. The Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did you call on him? He saved you. I want to encourage you to make that decision public. It's important. He calls us to do it. And the way that he calls us to do it is through baptism. Have you been baptized? You need to be baptized. It represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus, what he did for you, and that you're not ashamed of him. So why don't you come this morning? We'll schedule that time and celebrate with you. And just like the one that's getting baptized this morning in our next service, we'll schedule that time for you. Maybe you're here this morning you recognize that you're, somehow your baptism and your salvation are out of whack. That maybe you got baptized at a point in time and you weren't really saved and you didn't really understand everything, but you recognize that you got saved at some point after your baptism. You need to get that in order, man. It's important. You've never been baptized. God calls believers to follow through in believers' baptism. You could come this morning like so many have and We'll schedule that time, rejoice with you, pray with you. Maybe this morning God is calling you to be a part of the Grace Baptist family. That you know this is your church home, this is your church family, this is where you belong. God is calling you to serve right here. Why don't you come this morning and make that decision? And again, we'll rejoice with you and celebrate with you. But during this invitation this morning, I just want to encourage you, man, do business with God. As an ambassador, receiving orders from your home government. Father God, we surrender this invitation to you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me? Stand with me. You come. Are you hurting and broken within?